I'm Pete Seligman. Welcome to Season 3 of my podcast, The Next Step. This year, the Australian ETA and Search Fund community is looking forward to its first big event for the region. The ETA Forum will be held at the Manly Pacific Hotel on Manly Beach in Sydney on Friday the 16th of September. In the lead up to the event, I'll be interviewing the speakers and moderators to give you some insight into the experience, capability and knowledge that will be on offer when we all come together for the first time. Please stay tuned as we count down the days and be sure to yell out if you have any questions or comments to offer so we can make the ETA Forum a great event for all involved. Now let's jump into this episode of The Next Step. Because a search fund is about an individual or group of individuals buying a business and being backed by an ecosystem of good investors that have their own skill sets, it really ties right into where Judo wants to play. And that's why we don't play in the public listed space because public listed companies, one, they have access to capital. And secondly, it's less around the sponsors because they're public listed in nature. And the CEO and CFO can be interchanged every two or three years without the business changing too much. Mm. But in the SME space, it's all about the key management team. And that's why the search space we think aligns so closely to Judo's vision and alignment. On this episode of the Next Step podcast, I speak to Grant and Ben from Judo Bank. Judo has kindly offered to sponsor the ETA Forum, which is coming up next month in Manly. And it's exciting to have an opportunity to chat to them today because I get their perspective on what they're seeing in the SME market, both in terms of acquisitions, debt funding, and overall business operations in 2022. Judo was founded only about five years ago and has grown rapidly into this market space, which was effectively underloved by the bigger banks in the Australian market and are now providing a really bespoke approach to SME lending and cash flow lending, which is critical to the success of search funds and ETA in this marketplace. Because without that debt package, it's almost impossible to make these search acquisitions and these search businesses work as investments and be successful for their operators. So it's exciting to have a chat to Grant and Ben today. It was a good discussion around what they're seeing in the marketplace and we're looking forward to seeing them and their team at the ETA Forum next month. Good morning, guys. Thanks very much for joining me this morning on this episode of the Next Step podcast. And one of the things that we've been talking about over the last few months, actually, particularly with you, Grant, is a whole bunch of exciting stuff that's happening in Judo. And Judo's expanding a fair bit recently and just released some pretty impressive results. So maybe to kick things off, do you want to give us a quick update on what's new at Judo and and what you're seeing in the market? Yeah, thanks, Pete. And it's a real pleasure to be on the podcast and obviously support the searcher ecosystem that's been built in Australia. But I might get Ben to give a sort of overview of Judo as a starting point. Ben was one of the sort of founding bankers that come into Judo when we identified an area in the market that was being underserved. So probably Ben's probably a good place to start. Thanks, Grant. And yeah, as Grant said, thanks, thanks, Pete, for the opportunity to come and talk to you today and I suppose introduce Judo, but also speak about our position on search funds. So I've been really fortunate to have joined Judo five and a half years ago and was one of the first bankers or the first banker to come in into the business. And I guess the, the last five years has been an absolute amazing roller coaster and an amazing journey, literally um, starting from a PowerPoint presentation from our co-founders, prim- primarily Joseph Healy and, and David Hornery. And, um, you know, we, we're, we're one of the greatest things about this business is really the power of our story. And it's going from an idea onto a PowerPoint and then into reality. And 
it doesn't always go, you know, from point A to, to point C so smoothly. But, um, you know, that journey took us from bringing in, you know, I, I guess some experienced people in the market, which is when I joined and built that um, over the first 12 months was building the business. Um, and through that were lots of lots of up and downs. But we always had the end goal um, insight, which was really to build a business that became um, or was on its pathway anyway to becoming Australia's most trusted SME bank. Um, and that's what it's really all about is servicing those SME customers who just don't get the love from our competitors in the market. And there's been a number of factors that um, have brought that on. Um, we believe really the industrialization of the industry, um, the bankers who are basically disempowered from making decisions or don't necessarily have the capability to support the customer base that we look after. Um, and really the, the banks becoming far too inward focused and far too um, uh, concentrating their time and effort on security. Um, whereas we really flipped that on its head. And um, that's really why we think we've been so successful is because we go actually the most important thing to us is who we lend our money to. So the character piece um, and that that entails a whole lot of things, um, not just is it, are they a good person test, but really what's their capability, what's their skills, what's their qualifications, who they supported by, who they surrounded by, you know, what ups and downs they've gone through and all those, all those sort of things. And we use that as the first step in making an assessment as to whether we will even consider a transaction. Um, and it, it's really held us in good stead, in particular through COVID, where businesses went through you know really challenging times. But those that were able to um, articulate as to why they've been able to ride the storm or what they've done or how they've adjusted are businesses that we want to back. And that's what's got us to to really to to where we are today. So. You know, the, the, as I said, the, the journey has been kind of going from that PowerPoint to going into, um, you know, getting, raising our first lot of funds, doing our first loan, getting our banking license, doing an IPO, and then more recently releasing our, our proper um, end of year results and growing into a really national business. And I think, you know, what, what we've seen through COVID in particular for us is really strong growth. Um, across multiple different customer types, geographies, and industries. Um, we've definitely seen customers that have um, gone through challenging times, but thankfully a lot of them have come out the other side in, in a um, equal or better position. Um, and again, that comes down to making sure we back the right customers who have the right skills and qualifications to get through it, not just backing a residential property that's got equity in it. Because um, at the end of the day, that's that's not exactly what we're concerned about. Yes, some transaction needs security, but it's really who are we lending to and what are the cash flows that are being generated out of that business that are so, so important to us. And it's um, interesting because Judo itself is is still a, a founder-led business in a way, right? So it's almost like there's a bunch of empathy on the Judo side with the people that you're lending the money to because when they're saying, oh, there's all of these challenges that I'm going to face in the next 12, 24 months, you actually understand that that's normal to space challenges rather than quite often when people, I think, head into a bank to try and borrow some money, they try and pretend like everything's easy and there's going to be no problems and um, and it's all yeah. just plain sailing because they're worried that if they raise any potential challenge, then, you know, the bank will, like, latch onto that as a reason right. to not lend. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you yeah. guys know what it's like to own and operate a business, right, because that's kind of where you're still born from. Yeah, it, it, there's a real parallel between Judo's story and and any and the story of any SME 
um, business. And, and you know, what we've found um, is, I mean, Judo's model to work at scale means we have to continue to attract high-quality bankers that can, that can look at businesses and business owners and make a judgment call based on the strength of that business and not a policy decision. What that means is to do it at scale, you need you need a culture, um, and, and and that cultural mindset comes back to a founder's mindset. Mm. There is a level of risk that we take that maybe other banks don't take, um, but it really shares that sort of entrepreneurial um, story that so many of our customers. I mean, every business starts with an idea, mm. um, and eventually, you know, they 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 form a business that requires capital, and judo is that part. And so the fact we've gone down a similar path to our customers, um, we can really empathise with their position um, and also um, share some war stories around, um, you know, what, what Judo has done and what they have done. When, when Ben actually um, moved over to WA all by himself, I mean, what, what did you start, Ben? Just a laptop and, uh, and, uh, and a bed? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Trying to find an office. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what's with, with that, that perspective, um, you know, as we sit here today, kind of just through the end of FY22, you know, everyone's kind of checking the score effectively of how they've gone in that last financial year. Um, what's your, if you step right back and look at the SME market in Australia and that group of, of owners and operators, like what are some of the things that stand out to you? Like what are, what are we like as a market of, of owner operators? <laughs> I think it's it's very mixed, is what I'd say. And we, you know, one of the benefits of our business is we get to see the full spectrum of SME customers. You know, right from a mum and dad sort of corner shop all the way through to a, you know, a, a small corporate type entity with a really you know great management team and a board and whatnot. So, um, you know, I think on on the most part, what what I would say is it's a very resilient group of people. Um, you know, and. And people have had to be over the last 12 to 24 months through COVID now with inflation pressures, wage pressures, labor pressures, interest rate pressures. So there's a lot of things that are being thrown at businesses um, from all angles and they have to navigate that. And I think what, what I think really stands out is often um, where there's a business owner, no matter what size the company is, but has really good support networks around it, whether other business owners, advisors, um, an accountant, or, you know, we hope a really good bank that's there to support them and listen um, and kind of help them on that journey. So I think, you know, definitely it's that resilience piece that is the most common thread that we see across this customer base. Yeah, and, and I think the resilience comes from, I mean, obviously a small business owner or a medium-sized business owner is empowered by the very nature that the buck stops with them. And if the business's cash flow stops flowing, um, they're the ones who are on the line. So so there's definitely the resilience piece. And there's also a, a significant amount of innovation that you see in the S and, and M market. Um, and what we find is, you know, small to medium-sized businesses are able to innovate. And then eventually one day they might get bought out by a large corporate and then that innovation gets lost in the large corporate. And then ultimately another small to medium-sized businesses c- comes and takes up market share. So we see a significant amount of innovation in that space. Um, and what we really like about the search of fund community is that um, we believe that, one, it's bringing great innovation through to the market and probably um, in a vehicle that's probably a little bit easier to innovate um, a new technology or service when you've got no customers and no business mm. um, is is relatively challenging. But if you've got a, if you've got a customer base and you're providing a service, and then an, an entrepreneur comes in with great you know 
both financial and expertise backing by a whole searcher fund um, 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 group. And we believe that that vehicle for innovation really drives the Australian economy. So we think SME is a lifeblood of this, not just the Australian economy, but also for innovation and growth, uh, which which we're really excited to support. Yeah, so that's what we really see um, when we support SME business. Yeah, it, it doesn't need to yeah. be a startup to be innovative, right? Like it can actually be yes. kind of a, a quite a traditional kind of old school business that just needs a new layer of innovation put put on top of it or, wrap, or wrapped around it. Um, that can create real opportunity, uh, and definitely, even in my own experience, I've seen I've seen that work quite well. Because you're right, like if if you already have a group of customers and you already have some positive cash flow to work with, it gives you that buffer to start to probably take even more risk when it comes to innovation. Um, one yes. of the things I wanted to ask you about specifically was um, kind of acquisition finance, um, more so because as we kind of segue into the discussion around search funds and and search fund entrepreneurs obviously yeah. that starts with an acquisition you know i imagine that a lot of your customers in your portfolio might not start with an acquisition right they, they might be coming to you because they've grown to a certain size and now they need more working capital or they need some yeah. extra senior debt to take the next expansion um but often what we're talking about with search funds is is acquisition finance um, what what are some of the perspectives you've got of on on acquisition funding of of businesses that are in that kind of small to medium size? So I think um, one of the things that we've definitely seen um, probably over the last twelve to twenty four months is, um, and everyone's been speaking about this for probably years, if not a decade, is this transition of baby boomers um, out of their businesses into whether retirement or semi retirement, and the need for this transition of wealth to happen. Um, and you know, we've seen many transactions where it's either a management buyout, a leverage buyout, or you know, now we're definitely starting to see search funds um, or searchers come into the market and and try and look for opportunities to either um, grow that business or take that business to the next level, whatever it might be. Um, so there's definitely this uh, momentum building in a part of in this part of the market that that for us we're really excited by. We think it's a great opportunity to bring our proposition to life where it's really, as I said earlier, backing the, the character you know, the, the people going into the business. Um, and in particular, in this part of the market that we're talking, where you've got a really strong investor group and a really strong advisor group and an individual who may or may not have experience in running a business, but um, can can articulate and demonstrate to us why we should back them into it. Um, I mean, there's always the challenge of, you know, that balance between debt and equity. You know, that's a constant thing for a bank that, um, we find ourselves discussing with our clients. Um, obviously, the client wants the maximum amount of debt going in. We want some equity. doesn't have to be the maximum amount, but some equity going in. And then there's this equilibrium that we try and get to where everyone's comfortable. Um, and we're also, and I think one of the real benefits of judo is our ability to think a little bit outside the square. It doesn't always have to be straight down the line, this is what we're doing, but actually come and talk to us and we'll discuss how we might be able to structure something up that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's that's, that, that's one of our advantages. Yeah, and I think to, to add a layer into that, I mean, even um, we, we've all known the baby boomers, that demographic has been well known. What we've actually found, there's a larger amount of um, acquisitions that sit over and above that, whether that's, 
Um, you know, many people start a business with two friends. One friend wants to play golf after five years and the other one's more motivated. So we've seen just the whole business ownership succession be larger than what we'd anticipated. In WA, um, when when Ben started the business before he moved to, to Victoria and then I came in to, um, to then take over WA and SA, I think sort of 15 to 20% of um, the deals that Judo did were some form of business ownership succession, minority shareholder buyouts, leverage buyouts, um, you know, acquisition finance. And the reason why it sat so well, we'll set around acquisition finance from a commercial banking perspective, largely sits within the corporate banking market. Mm. Um, and so corporate banking market really starts kicking in at you know debt levels of 30 to $50 million. So a truly acquisition finance for a $5 million debt facility didn't really have... Mm. Um, a skill set in the SME market, and 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 Judo almost is designed perfectly for that space, um, because you know our sort of average debt size is anywhere between sort of two to seven million dollars of debt is our real sweet spot, and we obviously play well beyond well beyond that. But so to bring a a a, a corporate skill set um, to do acquisition finance into the SME market. Um, one, we thought was a great opportunity. And secondly, we thought the market needed it. Um, and that sort of coincided with the search of fund ecosystem now being built. So a lot of our initial transactions had no search of funds attached to them because mm. um, we're now only starting getting into that space. Mm. But we're significant amount of acquisition and, and management buyouts um, that all require an, an acquisition finance skill set that Judo brings to the market because we're not um, dependent or reliant on property security, where most SME banks have that first layer of of, of focus on. It's um it's a really interesting challenge right now because you've got various layers of complexity. Because with with acquisition finance, obviously you've got a change of ownership, you've got a change of leader, and so you've got to put another kind of assessment process through that transition period in that first 12, 24 months post completion. Yes. In addition to that, you've got a lack of stability because the last two years of COVID has created all sorts of <laughs> problems with normalizations yeah. and, you know, oh, we were fine in 2019, but it's just 2020 to 2022 where our sales have dropped or our costs have increased or whatever, but next year will be fine. So you've got this, this lump of analysis around abnormal years plus a change of ownership plus probably this change of security package that you might otherwise be able to kind of bolster that with. Um, so it does make it quite complex. You're right. And and I think that that, that two to seven or two to 10 mil of debt range um, mm-hmm. is really critical for exactly this transition because the deals that need that kind of debt are too small um, for a private equity buyout or something that would have yeah. kind of support around it. Um, but also they're already too big to do something simpler where you might just kind of over a few years hand it over to your management team or hand it over to your kids. Um, so you're right, it, it's, it does become become quite complex. So what, I mean, that, that's a good opportunity, I guess, to segue, and we've touched on it a bit, into the aspects of a search fund and, and a searcher coming into that kind of deal um, what is it that you've learned so far about search, whether it be in this market or, or any reading you've done globally, that you think um, is such a good fit for acquisitions of this type and such a good fit um, as a lend um, for, for a bank like Judo? Like what are the characteristics of, of the model yeah. that resonate with you? It's a really good question, but and what we've found is one, the quality of the searches themselves come from very highly skilled backgrounds. As Ben said, they might not have been the CEO of a business, 
but they have um, a specific set of expertise that obviously are, are specific to a field, but also broad enough to be a leader. So um, I think so. The quality of management is is high, and you need to be because obviously there's there's some form of um, change in, in management. Um, the search investors tend to be not just um, you know not just wealthy in their own right, but they're wealthy because they've created wealth, mm-hmm. and that wealth is. Um, has been created in ways to build a skill set that they can share. Um, and so we're seeing a community rather than an individual buy a mm. business. Um, and the ideas and networks in order to, to bring that, um, that business to success. And then just the quality of information and analysis that sits behind the deal. So, you know, we've looked at transactions where, you know, we're ready to go and we're really excited. Um, and then the due diligence didn't quite get over the line for for the equity investors and the uh, and, and the searcher and um, and we're like well that's a great business but you know there might have been a little bit of a concentration risk they couldn't get comfortable with so the level the level of analysis around the key risks the quality of management and the ecosystem that then supports the searcher is something that we we see as first class and then it makes it easier for a bank to come in and ultimately fund against that yeah and I think the thing um, to add to that is. There's no cookie cutter approach to this part of the market. And I think it's such a key thing that um, needs to be understood by a bank or banker um, is that you need to really take a bespoke approach to every single transaction because A, the searcher will be different. B, the business will be completely different. And, you know, we might be asked to, you know, take a specific contract risk on look at a particular industry that has its nuances or whatever whatever it is so it's really having that ability to as i said earlier think outside the square for that particular transaction that we're looking at um that is so key but then you know as, as grant said that the quality of information is absolutely key um and a lot of the time you would think that by the time it gets to us as the bank, it's gone through A, the searcher, but then the investor for a decision as to whether it's a go or no go, and then it gets to us. So all that information should be, in theory, nicely packaged up, ready for us to look at. Um, And one of our key things is we want to actually go out, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but go out and see the business and actually get a really good feel for what it is, what they do, how they do it, all those kind of things. it is so important for 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 understanding what what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely in the in the discussions I've had with with various bankers, including kind of bankers in the US that have been funding searches for quite some time now. Um, one of the things, I mean, all, all of those attributes are things that stand out a lot. In particular, that preparation work that gets done. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine with a lot of the deals that you guys do, which is fundamental to the business that you operate, is that you need to actually provide a lot of that to help your borrower to get up the curve and and help them yeah. go through those processes and help them ask the right questions. Um, but I think given the nature of the search fund community, you kind of hope that most of that is taken care of. So it should be, it should be a smoother pathway um, for you guys. And hopefully that means that um, the searchers can... Um, present to you potentially even deals that are inherently high risk but are better managed and so therefore it actually opens up more of the market than you'd otherwise see um, because you've got more appetite because the the mitigation is there yeah i think it's a i think it's a um it's a really valid point but you know as said earlier every every transaction we look at differently it doesn't mean we'll do every single one of them because we may assess may assess the risk and go actually no this is just not for us or whatever whatever it might be and i think um 
you know, we we will take a really um, I guess strong appetite or strong um, position on a transaction where all the characteristics make sense to us. And and that, like I said, we're not plugging it into an algorithm to let the computer make a decision for us. We're putting highly experienced bankers um, in front of our customers or brokers or whatever it might be, searchers, to ask the right questions, get hopefully good answers, um, and then make a decision. So, you know, it's, you know do you know what the satisfying thing, having been through and and currently going through this process with a range of banks, um, sitting on the other side of the table, the thing that's really satisfying about that is that it makes the borrower, um, it makes it feel worthwhile to put in the effort because mm-hmm. it feels like the people on the other side that are thinking about the lend are actually going to make use of the contribution that you're making to the assessment. Right. Whereas quite often, like you get to a point, you put all, all this work into understanding this business and understanding what the risks might be and you present it and it just goes into some kind of process and you realise yeah. that you could have just flicked over a couple of numbers. You didn't have to actually like because they're not going to decide at the margin. They're just going to decide based on a couple of algorithms. Yeah. So it is it is very satisfying as someone on the other side of the table to know that if we put in the work that you guys are going to put in the work too. Yeah, and, and a lot of the answers, as Ben said um, earlier on, you know, the, where the debt versus equity sits in a transaction is a very subjective view that you come through through analysis across multiple sort of data points um, or sort of scenarios, and 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 so as that sort of changes, we, we'll look at transactions to say, look, we you know we like the transaction, we think um, the management team is really strong. But our view on this transaction is the leverage level needs to be X, and that yeah. will be different for every transaction um, mm-hmm. because an algorithm can't solve for that. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is how, how boring would life be if an algorithm could solve for everything because what's the mm-hmm. point of having humans yeah. after that? So, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what really ties in. You know, judo is very much first and foremost around backing the, the sponsor, the person who's actually going to own and operate the business. And that's what we really like about the search of fund model versus the PE. I mean, the PE probably sits above where, mm. where, where, we, where we like to play in terms of debt size. Yeah. Um, but it's more that because the search of fund is about an individual or group of individuals buying a business and being backed by an ecosystem of good investors that have their own skill sets, it really ties right into where Judo wants to play. And that's why we don't play in the public listed space because public listed companies, one, they have access to capital. And secondly, it's less around the sponsors because they're public listed in nature. And the CEO and CFO can be interchanged every two or three years without the business changing too much. Mm. But in the SME space, it's all about the key management team. And that's why the searcher space, we think, aligns so closely to Judo's vision and alignment. And that's, I mean, to be honest, that's why we're so grateful that you guys have got on board with the forum next month, um, because we, I've always thought it's it's been a great fit. And so I'm glad that we've managed to partner on that. Um, and really looking forward to seeing you guys in, a, in now only a few weeks, which in some ways makes me a bit nervous at the same time as being excited. Um, I think we've got everything organised, um, but it's it's great to have your support. I, I, you know, we all really appreciate it. It's going to be good to have you guys there. Um, anything in particular just before we wrap up that you're you're hoping to achieve on the day, and and you know we'll see you the night before and things. What are you hoping to get out of the forum when you come to visit us next month? 
Yeah, look, we're first and foremost sort of excited in the bigger picture around what the Searcher Fund ecosystem in Australia will do for the SME market. There's going to be lots of really good businesses who their ownership life cycles come to the end and they're about to be bought out by these great entrepreneurs that are going to take that business to the next level. So we're really just really excited to go meet and support the ecosystem that's been built out because it's just a great group of individuals and investors who generally believe that small to medium-sized businesses are a great vehicle for growth, innovation, and employment in the Australian market. So just meeting the ecosystem and becoming part of that is, is something we're really excited about. Yeah, and I think for me, I think, you know, search funds in the US have been around a longer, a lot more developed in Australia. It's obviously still at that starting sort of phase. So I think for a business like ours to be part of something from the start is really exciting for us. And as Grant said, just to meet like-minded people who are either in the industry or want to get into the industry or want to acquire a business um, and know that they've got a bank that's there willing to listen. As I said, we may not do everything, but we're just there willing to listen and, and provide our sort of opinion on, on how we may or may not be able to support their acquisition or growth or whatever it might be. No, that's fantastic. Well, again, really appreciate your time today. Definitely really appreciate your support for the community as a whole and looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks for the forum. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Pete. Cheers. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Next Step. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're joining us at the 2022 ETA Forum in Manly, I look forward to seeing you there. If you haven't already bought a ticket and this episode lit the spark, please head to etaforum.com.au to book your place and we'll see you in September.